Evil to the right hand, puts her down. He's going to dump him hard to the ice. Brady Leopold just loves to fight. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome. My dream of being a professional hockey player became a reality, but it was all taken away from me in a very short period of time. For many years, hockey was my outlet. Hockey was my drug. When I had a stick in my hand, nothing else mattered. I was able to break into the Western Hockey League in 2004, and I even won the Swift Current Broncos Rookie of the Year. During the summer of my rookie year, I experimented with drugs for the first time. After just seven games in my sophomore season, I walked away from the Swift Current Broncos due to personal reasons. Nobody knew I had been sexually abused at the age of five. I did everything to hide it from everybody, but I just couldn't take it. Drugs and alcohol now took over my life. I did return to the Swift Current Broncos as a 19-year-old, but things were never the same. I was eventually traded to the Kelowna Rockets in my final year of junior where I got to play on a line with the Dallas Stars captain, Jamie Benn, and one of my best friends, the extremely talented Colin Long. It was by far my best season ever, and I even signed with the Tampa Bay Lightning's organization. A dream come true, right? That's when everything went wrong. First it was the cocaine, then came the Oxycontin, and that led me into a 12-year journey into the deepest pits of hell. Within two years, I had now made the switch to heroin, fentanyl, and everything in between, and I was now an intravenous drug user. Multiple suicide attempts and over five trips to the psych ward, I was a shadow of who I once was. By 2014, I was homeless on Hastings in Vancouver, the worst street in North America. By 2015, I was a wanted criminal, making the Crime Stopper headlines more than once. After spending three years in jail, I had completely given up. With nowhere to turn and nowhere to go, I finally started to get honest. I took a chance and made some major changes. This is my story. I overdosed over 10 times. I'm one of the lucky ones. And for that, I will always be grateful. This is for all the men and women we've lost. Matthew Lazinski, Mitch Fadden, this one's for you. My name's Brady Liebold, and I've been to hell and back. This is the road to recovery. Warrior. All right, guys, what's going on? Welcome. Hockey to hell and back. Episode number 29. I love this song. Tried this, tried that, tried everything. You're damn right. It certainly felt that way. I'm so glad if you're watching live, if you're listening after the fact, thank you. I'm so grateful that you've decided to spend any amount of time listening to me talk, but I know it's my guests that have really made the difference here. And I believe that today's episode is going to have that same impact, maybe greater than any episode to date. We're gonna get into it in a few minutes. Uh, there's always a couple things that I like to address. Um, first off, everybody that's uh, supported Puck Support, thank you so much. Um, 
wow, it's been overwhelming. There's a lot on the a lot on the docket, not the court docket. That's a thing of the past, but a lot on the docket uh, coming up and things we're excited about. It's what drives me every single day. It's why I get out of bed in the morning. And I owe it to everybody that supported me along the way. It would take all day to go through all the names. Um, there's just no words. I know I say it all the time, but I'm reminded uh, on some level, it seems every time I pick up my phone, there's uh, either somebody uh, commending me for what I've done, which I don't think is that that great. I mean, I'm just doing, doing what feels right and what I feel I've been called to do. But maybe more importantly, it's the messages that I've gotten over the past year of those who have struggled and continue to struggle. And I mean, I, I don't have all the answers, but we're going to work together uh, to find all those answers. And I hope that uh, some of these answers can be uh, answered today. And I, I, I firmly believe uh, that we're really going to help a lot of people today. Um, what James and Matthew are doing is incredible. And uh, we're going to be some of the first people to hear about it. So I'm really privileged about that. Uh, if you can see my shirt, it's okay to be not okay. Just one of uh, many items we have at Puck Support. And uh, unfortunately, we're adding names to our list all the time. It seems it's never going to end. There they are. Um, that's how it stands right now. And it's uh, it's not easy having to deal with all the, the comments coming in, all the questions, all the people sharing their stories. I'm not going to lie. It's, uh, it's a lot of work. I'm on my phone so much. Uh, but I feel that this is something that I'm finally... I'm finally doing what I what I want to be doing and what I need to be doing. And we have a meeting coming up uh, very soon uh, this weekend. Uh, anybody that wants to get involved with Puck Support, you're more than welcome to do so. If you feel that you can contribute on some level, I'm here to tell you you're wrong. We all have passions and talents and it doesn't matter if you played hockey at all because guess what my guests are not hockey players either today so um it's all about becoming the best people we can be and making a difference in the world and so that we don't have to add any more names to that list and if you you know i've lost friends over this past year due to covid um uncovid related you know mental illness overdoses when uh, individuals have been clean for a long time and and their mental health is deteriorated and pushed them back into their old lifestyles. So if you're one of the ones that's struggling, please reach out to Sandra at PuckSupport.com. She's our executive director of mental health and addiction. Uh, you can also reach out to Nathan Weeb. He has a BA in psychology and is also the chaplain for Puck Support, which is pretty cool. Um, if you want to get more involved in that, we have prayer. We have a prayer group every Thursday morning. And uh, I know that might scare some people. But I, I've shared it a couple of times. When I listen, when I was in jail, I was completely out of options. I mean, it was either continue in this lifestyle, um, become a more hardened criminal, uh, and probably end up in jail for life, or most likely dead very shortly. I, I didn't want to do it anymore. And a big part of my the change uh, was turning it over uh, to a higher power, who I choose to call God. I'm not going to get into it because it, it's not for everybody. But what I realized is that there's always a power greater than ourselves. And uh, when I found that, it was the world of difference for me. Whatever that looks like for you, just my advice is this. Get outside of yourself. Stop focusing on yourself so much and serve others. That's all I'm going to say uh, before we get in the episode. A quick word from our sponsor. Take it away, 
one of my favorites, Regan Bartell. Hi there, it's Regan Bartell, the play-by-play voice of the Kelowna Rockets, Brady Leopold's biggest fan. Team Issued is connecting all walks of life. Team Issued does this by recreating that special feeling of being a part of something bigger. A community for all striving towards the same goal. TeamIssued.ca, promo code TOEDRAG15 for 15% off. Thank you, Regan. I got my Team Issued hat, one of many on that I have, and uh, I'm very grateful for their support. It's a former teammate of mine, Jesse Paradise, former Kelowna Rocket, and... uh, Yeah, he's been on board since the third episode, and I'm closing in on episode 100. I know it's episode 29 today, but if you go back in time, I had a podcast called Hockey to Heroin, The Road to Recovery, and uh, this is actually episode number 93, so we're closing in on 100. Thank you to everybody who's watched. Uh, I've had a lot of people watch every single one of them, listen to every single one of them, and it's, uh, it's been one hell of a ride. We'll see you guys in a few minutes. When I fell into the deep pits of my addiction and I was no longer playing hockey, there's been so many times when people looked at me and said, what happened? Why? I never really had an answer, but I'll tell you what I did know. I was so resentful at the sport of hockey. I couldn't even watch it on TV. I was jealous, envious of the guys I'd played with or against, some of which I thought I was tougher than or better than. But over time, I realized that I really wasn't better than any of them. Maybe when it comes to specific skills, maybe I was better than some of them. But when we put it all together, that's what really matters. And what hindered my ability to get to the next level and stay at the next level had nothing to do with my amount of skill. It had everything to do with the way that I trained. And I'm not just talking about my physical training. I'm talking about my mental training, the way that I carried myself and the way that I was thinking both on and off the ice. So many times I didn't show up for training when I should have, and people never knew why. I'll tell you why. It's because I was mentally ill. I had so many things going on inside that physically and mentally paralyzed me. And today, We're going to hear about a program that I believe could have changed all of that for me and will without question further so many athletes in whatever sport they play. Today is a very, very special episode and it's going to be a very different episode. I'll be honest, I feel very lucky that I get to sit here and listen to what these two gentlemen are about to tell us. This, of course, is a hockey-based podcast, but today... Both of my guests are not hockey players. I mention it frequently, how many incredible people I've met over this past year. And one of those men is James Gardner. Born and raised in Toronto, James grew up playing baseball. Using his own experiences and knowledge from being an athlete himself, James moved into the world of athletic therapy and strength and conditioning. And he's even a yoga teacher. James has held positions with the Toronto Blue Jays, York University, and most recently overseas in the Bahamas before moving home and starting First Star Therapy. 
I've trained with a lot of great strength and conditioning coaches over the years, though maybe I didn't put my full effort in or always show up. I was still trained by some of the best. There's so many different programs out there and primarily the focus is on strength and conditioning. But what about strength and conditioning our minds? How much of sports is really mental? Well, I'm here to tell you, it's actually a lot more mental than I believe physical. Once we get to a certain point with our physicality and our talent, what's the difference between breaking through and becoming not a good player, but a great player? I first met James over social media and we connected and hit it off right away. Just this past fall, he came to me with an idea about an online seminar that he had and his idea was to raise money for puck support. The online seminar, which is available by video, is titled The Shot You Don't Want to Take, and it is all focused around mental health and addiction in the sport community. James Gardner was joined by former professional hockey player Jens Kasten and Mike Straw, and the result was simply amazing. Not only did they raise over $1,800 for puck support, but this online video truly has the power to save lives. Unfortunately, I was not in a very good place when it all came about. I was in the middle of moving back and forth, my head was spinning, and I never got to use it in the capacity that we really wanted to. But they've since released it to everybody, and it's something that we all need to watch. Coaches, parents, and especially the athletes. I was so grateful that they stepped up and raised all that money for puck support, and it's a big reason for why we are where we are today. James's program goes so much further than just strength and conditioning or even just yoga. It's all about mindfulness, becoming the best person you can really be. Just recently, James reconnected with friend Matthew Arnon. Also growing up in the Toronto area, Matthew Arnon was not a hockey player either. In fact, he was a high-level soccer player. Playing for the Toronto FC Academy, moving on to collegiate at York, which led to a professional career over in Italy before returning and playing in the Canadian Premier League for Halifax and also York United, formerly York 9. Recently, Matthew Arnon has completed the specialization in mindfulness meditation from the University of Toronto while establishing MindFrame, a mental fitness program in 2020. Since coming together, they have developed a performance, wellness and holistic platform to further enhance all athletes, both in their sport, but maybe more importantly, off the field or off the ice. Because we know when we can put it all together, we become that much greater in whatever sport we're playing. One of their mottos is, we believe better humans make better athletes. And I could not agree more. There's so much that goes into that, and I can't wait to talk about it. I was given the advice early on in recovery to shut up and listen. And I believe that's the advice that I need to take today. I'm going to have my ears tuned right in and I'm excited to listen to what they have to say. It is a great honor and privilege to be able to bring this to my viewers and my listeners. The competitive field of sport can be sometimes, actually most times, overwhelming. And these are the tools that can really make a difference. I haven't met Matthew yet, but I'll tell you what, I am very grateful for James Gardner's friendship over this past year, and I can't wait to get to know Matthew too. Together, I believe they're going to change sport forever, and this is the first time anybody's really hearing about it. What a privilege. 
So without further ado, guys, from Toronto, Ontario, my good friend, James Gardner and Matthew Arnon. All right, guys, what's going on? Welcome. Hey, man. Hey, man. What an intro. Uh, Matt, meet Brady. Brady, meet Matt, man. Good good to be here. Really appreciate it. Good to meet you, Brady. Yeah, man. Thanks for I know you guys are uh, very busy uh, putting this uh, together and, and trying to get it launched. And I'm just uh, I'm grateful that you guys want to want to tell our listeners and, and viewers about it. And uh, I can't wait to hear more. So, um, James, why don't we start with you? Uh, just, you know, let people know a little bit about your background. I know I touched on it. That's so we don't have to waste too much time talking about that. We can get right into it. But um, maybe just why you decided to go in this direction. Sure. Yeah, I, I think uh, thanks for having us, Brady, in that intro, and, and congratulations on the success of this show and all the things that you're doing, and and the teeth too. They look great, man. <laughs> they look good. Um, uh, appreciate this as an opportunity to share our story and our path. Um, this is this is very much a reconnection of something that you know probably formulated years and years and years ago. My background was in the sciences. My background is an athletic therapist, a strength and conditioning coach, um, and and yoga found me more recently than not. And in doing so. Uh, a lot of the things that you touched on resonated heavy with me in listening to that intro. And um, it's about connecting dots. And that's what we're trying to do with this program is connect some of the dots that we all felt in the sporting world. Me, myself as a as an athlete, maybe not so much, but definitely as a practitioner where we felt there's a lot of dots floating out there in the universe, but, but not a lot of them are seemingly connected in a fluid manner that can give you the most as an athlete and support you in the manners that um, that we feel uh, not that they're missed, but sometimes just misconnected maybe or, or malaligned. And so um, Matt and I reconnected and and uh, I think Matt's story will will resonate, you know, in terms of how he found this and and how we ended up realigning maybe more so than mine as a practitioner. But performance wellness is a platform that we've put together in collaboration. And, and like you said, it, it's based on uh, mindfulness and 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 uh, mental fortitude, I guess. But but more than anything, intention and attention and being present with the moment. And that moment can be mental, that moment can be physical. And we feel like we're going to knock down a lot of barriers um, to entry in terms of mental health and, and care of, of the human being in the sports space. And, uh, you know, you, you touched on the prayer group and, and, and God and some other things. And, and that's it, like finding something to be part of, part of something bigger. And, and we use these sessions as um, communal setting, right? Communal setting for a team or a group or an organization to share the common human experience and that's this moment and how you're experiencing it is how you're going to experience it but when we do it in collaboration with one another we feel that there are uh, many 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 rewards that have been untapped to this point so uh, i'll introduce matt and matt you could jump in but it's session 93 and i just heard you had doug gilmore on i think uh, just recently as well so a, a great a great 93 as well we'll hope we can uh, keep pace but matt jump in man and uh Again, Brady, thank you so much. This has been, this is huge. Yeah, Brady, uh, thanks for having us. Truly, it's uh, listening to your intro and, and you know, congrats with, with everything with Puck Support and, and this show is, you know, that intro really almost had me at tears. Uh, so much of it connected with me and I'll share a bit about myself outside of, you know, the intro you gave me. That is, that is my playing career. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, obviously starting out at a professional club as a youth kind of player and, and, you know, having this dream, I think, you, like yourself, we, we have this dream as kids and we don't really know why and we don't really know on a deeper level what it's about and where it comes from. And it just sort of starts to manifest itself without ever, ever, ever excuse me, checking in uh, with the, the deeper meaning as we as we mature and we grow. 
So, I mean, my, my story starts long before that Toronto FC Academy. It starts with being an eight-year-old or a six-year-old or whatever you want to be and having an older brother and, and that being my that being my best friend, that being my, my world. And, and, you know, uh, what you said, you know, even with your own struggles resonates very much with me as my father was uh, recently who passed away is, uh, was a drug addict. He, he struggled with addiction. Um, he struggled with mental health and probably some kind of undiagnosed mental health disorders that at, at those times were very much um, stigmatized in, in a way that seeking help was a sign of weakness and um, com- combine that with, with obviously drug and alcoholism. Um, it became a very difficult childhood for myself and my brother, and, and all we had was each other. And much to the socialization of a normal kid, we didn't. We very much lacked that. Um, I think as my brother got older, he became sort of a, a human shield for the domestic abuse that was going on in, in our house as well. Um, and so I looked up very much to my brother, and, and he was really one of the only friends that I had connected with on a deeper level. So, um, you know, that dream, that, that safe place was for us was watching soccer and playing soccer. And when we weren't playing soccer, it was dreaming about playing soccer and having, a, you know, our names on the back of a jersey and all those great things. So, um, you know, fast forward now to uh, finally achieving this youth academy product and, and joining Toronto FC Academy and having this high aspiration and finally being able to visually, tangibly see this path to pro. Uh, in Canada, which was obviously uh, one, I was one of 50 players at the academy. It's now since grown into a much larger program. But um, my brother and and so many people telling me you're going to be a professional, and and you know this sort of expectation and pressure from the external environment uh, really started to manifest itself in me, and I started to believe it as well. And I believe I needed to be a professional, not that I was going to be, that I needed to be a professional. Um, and, you know, that became a very powerful deterrent for me to reach the next level. It became performance anxiety, um, compound that with my own sort of anxiety in my, in my life. And in 2010, my, my brother passed away in a car accident at the age of 20, very tragically. And, um, you know, what, what you said was just that, that darkness, uh, that darkness that is within us. And, and when we're not aware of it, it, it only grows. And, and when we face it and we turn and we look towards it, uh, it starts to we start to befriend it in that way. It never ever goes away. That's something I carry with me as a scar. And I like to say to James, I like to wear these scars as armor. Now these are my these are my chinks of armor that I that I place on me and I carry with me everywhere I go. And this is a story that I share with you only to again come back full circle to this greater purpose that we talk about. Whether it's you know in a religious format or let's just call it a spiritual format for all of the listeners and the diversity in our society. Um, there is something greater than ourselves and, and we must acknowledge that. And, and when I dive deeper and when I apply this intention, um, I realize that I become what I pay attention to. And I'm very much connected with that greater universe. And, you know, people not knowing what's going on other than perhaps what listening to this show might see a big, strong six foot two, you know, center back defender, whatever it is, jumping for headers and fighting like a gladiator. But inside there's, there's someone in there that, that, that matters. And there's a human in there. And, uh, very much as I, I carried through my journey, the expectations got higher and the anxiety got higher and the performance anxiety got higher and I wasn't able to piece it together. Um, after my brother passed, I, I quickly jumped back into soccer and tried to bury my head in soccer, much like yourself, where, you know, this was your outlet and nothing else mattered. And, and that was the, the wrong decision, I think, without, without a, a proper solution and without applying intent. It, it became very much a demon within me and it became very much uh, performance anxiety that took over and and to the point where I would lie in the fetal position from game to game if it was a bad performance and derive my self-worth on on my games and my performances where it was do or die pretty much because I was very much paralyzed 
um, after a bad game. And, and hearing the external environment, hearing people, expectations of others and, and judgments of others, especially as you progress into the pro ranks, I, I lost myself. I lost within. And I think that is so important. And, and people, and um, we'll call it humanity, uh, I think suffers from this sort of illness that we are entertainers as athletes and, and all we're good for is that. And I think um, when we place humanity back in that and that comes with that greater humanity, that connectedness um, with myself to yourself, being a hockey player, being a soccer player, it doesn't matter. We're all humans and, and we're connected through the breath. We all breathe oxygen. We're all humans. And, and this is that connectedness that once we reveal these parts of ourselves to ourselves and, and also to others, we begin to develop this empathy, not just on a team basis, not just on a, on a group basis, um, but on a human level. And I think that's where we can make sport a much better place to be. Wow. Well, first off, man, thank you for sharing that, uh, not only with me, but with everybody watching or listening whenever they are. And uh, let me express my deepest condolences. I mean, I couldn't imagine having to, those are a, a couple very tough blows. And, um, you know, you touched on the point of burying yourself into soccer after losing your brother and uh, it not being maybe the right thing to do. Um, before I bring James back in, um, you know, Looking back at it now, um, you know, would like, obviously you would have changed it, but you know, at that, uh, let me pose it this way: at that time, did you feel that you had any other options then to do that? Uh, absolutely not. Uh, it's it's all I knew. It became my default mode. It became where I got my identity from, right? And and in a way, it also uh, there's twofold. There's a double-edged sword. I think you can, you can attest to this as well. There's, there's a certain connectedness that you feel with the sport and by chicken or by egg coming first, um, you lose your identity in that. And, and I also felt the connectedness to my brother from that. So that was an added expectation on top of all of it. But yeah, I think at those, at those times, there were no solutions for, you know, a 16 year old kid who, who lost his, his older brother. It was just another, Oh, jump back into it. You got a life ahead of you and on you go. Right. And whether you're ready or not, buckle up. It's, it's time to go. Right. Yeah. And, and just for the people listening, how old are you now, Matthew? I'm 20. I'll be 27 in, uh, in a week. Nice. Well, happy early birthday. Uh, awesome. So James, maybe um, let us know how you two connected before we, we get into the program and, and what that, you know, what that entailed and, and tell us a little bit more about first star therapy, because uh, what you're doing there is, is honestly incredible, man. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. And, and uh, Matt, thanks again. Every time you share your story, it, it reaches, you know, another level with me and, and I'm sure it resonates uh, with, with listeners on, on various levels. Um, Brady, your, your story as well, I go back to on a regular basis and, and not for anything other than to what Matt touched on and that's that, uh, that human connection. You know, once I feel what I feel in me, I know that everybody else is feeling it in their own world. And I think that's a big part of our programming. Um, the, the piece that Matt touched on as well, just before I jump into sort of yeah. First Star and how we connected, um, you know, I just posted this on, on Instagram, you know, the other day, and I'm not the first one to say it. It's not that it's my material, but we don't know what we don't know, you know. And, and so while we're experiencing and while we're in the thing, we're completely submerged uh, in the yogic training that I did, that the referee or the reference was always the man whose head is held underwater is only searching for his next breath. 
And that's the only thing that that really matters. And so um, when we're submerged in whatever it is that we're submerging, it's, it's nearly impossible to see outside. And so we're trying to provide a manner here through this programming to, to, to see outside by seeing within, by recognizing all of the things that we can be and all of the things that we truly are. And sometimes it takes a, a, a kick in the ass from somebody else to show you just how much potential you have and all of these things. And, and so we have to go in order to know. And that's the idea here is diving in. So we got to get to those spaces. And, and sometimes we need a little guidance. You're the hero of your story, Brady. Um, I can't fix it. You can't, nobody else can fix it other than, you know, you being the hero. It's your story. You own it. It's your experience. You're the expert in it. Matt's the hero in his story. We're just here to provide a little bit of guidance, you know, maybe a map that you can follow to, to avoid an iceberg or maybe a map that can take you from point A to point B just a little bit quicker or, or whatever the case might be. But you're driving the ship and, and we're just simply here to help guide in the manners that through our experiences and, and what we live in our daily lives. So um, first star therapy is uh, first star therapy is, is something that that's sort of been a long time coming. I think um, I had lots of opportunities through my um through my professional career to sort of navigate, you know, the professional sports space and uh, the university sports space. And then we moved overseas. And while we were overseas getting ready to come back to Canada, um, it was like, what am I going to do? Where am I going to work? How am I going to figure this out? There's, those are a lot of stresses. It's a pandemic. And and the one thing it came down to is, is the best place for me to work is right between my ears. So First Star Therapy was uh, is an acronym. Um, it's an acronym that I played with since I was probably in my early 20s going through school. And like, I get on my own clinic and I'm going to do this thing. And and maybe the 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 the, um, the words of the acronym have changed, but the acronym was always first star because this is top notch. This is this is high level programming and um, and rolling it out the best manner that I can. So you know, first star is functional, integrative uh, rehabilitation, sport specific training, adaptation, uh, and reeducation. And I think those last two pieces, adaptation and reeducation, is right where we're at these days. So um, the A and the R. Uh, that's what life is all about during a pandemic, during sports, um, trying to enhance performance, trying to bench press more, trying to run faster. Like we must continue to adapt. We must continue to re-educate. And sometimes that takes a rejigging, a, a looking at things a step back to dive in further. And, and that's really what's gone on in my life. Um, you know, recently is like taking that step back, entering the yogic phase uh, of my life or, you know, this uh, yoga entering my life and, and sort of penetrating it in the fullest manner possible. Um, and, and looking back at those experiences and saying like, I had those, those learning experiences, those, um, you know, those dark times for me were, were different than yours, but they were dark times for me, you know, and, and again, coming back around to sharing people's stories, like I'm not a big, uh, outward share of, of, of these things. But when you say it and when Matt says it and I say it, like so, we all have pieces of this story in our life. And, you know, I lost a, uh, lost a stepbrother to, to overdose, you know, in, in those very same streets out in, out in the West coast in Vancouver. And, and, you know, it, it touches all of us on different levels. And um, again, that sort of highlights our greater purpose. And, and you talk about doing something bigger, being part of something bigger, we're all a part of something bigger and we do have to go outside of ourselves, but we can't truly do that until we go further within. 
And so that's it, taking the step back, taking the pause and the space to dive in. So first start therapy has been a long time coming, different philosophies and, and different ways of thinking. Science emerged with thousands of years of anecdotal and experiential things through studying, you know, Buddhist phys- uh, Buddhist philosophies and, and yogic lifestyles and, and understanding that I need to validate certain things with papers in order to deliver treatment to certain athletes. And and it's it's been a really nice journey, man, and it's been explorative. And I think that's it as well. And that's that's again, Matt will touch on. He does a great job describing the program, but coming into things with a beginner's mindset, not being fixed. And you acknowledge it in your story, right? Like knowing or thinking you're better than somebody else or you've made it or, or you know, you're at that point gets you stuck exactly where you're at. And we got to press on. We have to hit the reset and step back. And, and that's it. Adapt, adapt and re-educate, you know, look at the things as foundational pieces, but continue to mold, continue to grow, continue to find channels that will enhance your experience as a human being. And again, like coming back around to performance wellness and what this platform is, is putting human centric focus on performance wellness. So if we are well, if we can create more well human beings, we are therefore performing better on a daily basis, whether that's in sport or out of sport. And we think holistically in the totality of life, that is it. Um, so Matt and I entered this, uh, we met at York university. He was playing, I was a therapist with the team, you know, uh, every year, these guys, perennial, uh, national championship contenders. Uh, I would have the, the opportunity to travel with them wherever they were going and sort of hop on the coattails of them and, and ride to the East coast or to the West coast of Canada to play in these championships. And, you know, Matt had a couple of little nagging injuries, but he's also the captain of the team. And so I would go to him for a lot of things. What do you guys need? What, what would help you? How would this benefit you know the the team the coaching staff and and this performance you know what what do you guys need and uh, Matt and I connected on a lot of different levels he's a big Blue Jays fan as well so I had worked with the Blue Jays we had lots of table side talks about you know uh, what was going to happen and how things were going in that light and uh, never did we talk about mindfulness but I think we always had a connection um, beyond those those surface level talks of of Blue Jays baseball and soccer and York and all those other things. So that's where we initially connected. Um, we reconnected a little bit in the Bahamas. I saw what he was doing with Mindframe Fit. He saw what I was doing with uh, um, with First Star Therapy. We went and had, uh, I, he's an Italian guy. So like we had to have cappuccino, I think. So we went for a walk with a cappuccino and, and just kind of, uh, you know, shot the breeze on our philosophies and where things were at. And I think we sat for probably two and a half hours one day, just walking and navigating a little path here in Toronto. And then we sat at the top of a hill and looked at the skyline of the city and, and we we're just talking, man. And, and we put our heads together and our philosophies and, and values align very much in terms of how we're approaching life and, and the things that we've experienced in sport and where, where the dots haven't really been connected. And so that's where, um, that's where we jumped on and, uh, and, and moved towards in terms of, uh, where we're going and, uh, and how we're going to do things. So, um, we reconnected and now here we are, we're, uh, we're putting this out there. We have a, a full fledged, you know, a phasic program of performance wellness and Matt, maybe you want to give the rundown on that Brady. I don't know if you, where you want to take this, but if we want to jump into the program, Matt does a great job, you know, bringing this up from, um, from an experience of an athlete and how he's grown with it, uh, and really what, what we what we want to get out there is that we are not telling everybody that they're wrong in the way they're training and the way that performance is is done. Um, we're just feeling like there are some pieces that we've experienced that were missed and, and could be done a different way to 
supplement what's already going on. And, and we use this as a supplementary program and Matt's built this into his own training and philosophies. And, and so I sort of step back and take this on as a therapist, you know, as, as a manual practitioner. My role is not to make you dependent on me. My role is to make you dependent on you because that's where success lies. If you don't come back to see me, I'm a good therapist. If you have to come back to see me, I, I think I may be doing a disservice to the whole healthcare system, you know? Um, and when it comes to mental health, again, like neither one of us is a mental health practitioner, but both of us experience, you know, both of us experience uh, uh, mental health ups and downs, right? Like this is the difference. And, and we all experience this. And we also feel that that's beneficial for athletes in that, there's no barrier to entry here. There's no big scary couch that you have to lie down on with somebody taking notes and, and those other things. But at the same time, we have a community of people that if we need to advance or to refer to medical practitioners, we have those as well, you know, aligned with us so that we can, we can be again, one step in the process. And, and you say like, what's the solution and what are the answers? We don't have those either, but what we are is a part of the solution and a desire to be so. We want to be a part of the solution. We want to work towards the answer by um, working together with athletes and empowering them to understand themselves a little bit more. You know, it's the potential that goes untapped that we look back on with, you know, negativity. And so we're tapping into potential through mental channels and mindfulness and meditation might be a little wooey or a little out there in terms of uh, that feels a little scary for some. And, and sure, that's warranted. But you know what's not for athletes is like show me how your hip works and i'm gonna try and guide you to to totality of your hip so that when you dial into your hip you focus into your hip you are doing mindfulness you are doing complete intentional work with the joint and the things that are supposed to be moving while you're doing it and so that's that's kind of the 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 brief summary and matt i'll, I'll kick it your way man and brady if you have any questions like just fire madison i think yeah matt, yeah I'm going to let Matt jump in, but you know what? Like, honestly, these, if people out there watching or listening are going, you know, like you said, like it's over their head. Like, honestly, this really is the game changer uh, for athletes. You know, you look at anybody that's had a tremendous amount of success, um, even back before all this was a, a, you know, a big component of, of people's lives, or at least knew it was a big component of their lives. Thank you, Susan. Um, bringing my, she's reloading my tea for me. So thank you. Um, <laughs> Beautiful. Before, yeah. Before all of that, I mean, you look at the guys who've had tremendous amount of success, and they're the ones that, you know, are are the ones that are taking care of themselves uh, in sport and out of sport, and also being the best people they can be. You look at a Wayne Gretzky and you hear about uh, how he treated all of his teammates. It wasn't just his line mates on the first line. Well, he would bring in the new guys and the fourth line guys and make that he would bring them up and, and make them feel, you know, as they were as equally as value as, as he was. And I mean, I think, you know, that's a huge part because when you're feeling good and you're in a, an environment, when you're feeling good with people who are making you feel good, you're going to be able to perform better. But Matthew, I would love to hear um, your take, your take on, on this program and uh, just from the athlete's perspective, because I'm, I'm really excited to hear it. Yeah. So, I mean, where, where it comes for me is, is where I connected with James is very much on that, on that same level. Right. And James, when he touched on, you know, what, is, what do the guys need and what is, you know, I would give an answer and James could, James could attest to this very much. It, it would be, 
it would be along those mindfulness lines before I even knew what the word meant. And it would be that connected answer. It might be something along the lines of we don't need more. We need less. We need wellness. We need uh, whatever these things might be. And, and it was met with that, that hardcore sport culture that, that we're so used to where it is, what is that? That's hocus pocus stuff. Like, no, like what's, what's our Noni saying? Like, get them out of here. Like what we need to do this and we need to stretch. Well, how about, a body scan how about a relaxation component where not only now are we tapping into what's happening in the mind and checking in with the body increasing neural communication between body and mind and muscle and therefore increasing the efficiency of that firing but we're actually allowing the muscle to relax by by activating the parasympathetic nervous system that's sort of uh bringing us back to we'll call it homeostasis or that equilibrium that sort of balance that we need to after uh, a performance right and and I think this is where, you know, I was very much without even knowing it, just yeah, very much in tune with a lot of that. And, and when you're not well, as James said, you cannot be expected to perform well. It's just simply not something you can see or touch. Um, but this has become a journey for me that I can very much see or touch when I'm not well. I can see what it looks like in my body when my mind is not well. I can see the manifestations um, as they pass through mind and body and back to mind and all these great things. So you know, uh, what, what we do with Mindframe and, and what, how it started for me was, you know, James will tell you that there were a few soccer players uh, at the collegiate level or otherwise that were, that were squatting as much as I was, that were bench pressing as much as I was, that were, um, had a vertical as high as mine. And, and that didn't get me very far. And, and after graduating from York University, I hit a, I hit a, you know, a one year, year and a half kind of plateau where I couldn't break in. And, and when you apply everything and anything into this journey, um, you lose yourself, as we talked about. And I'm sure, Brady, you can attest to this as well, where you, you lose your identity in that, in that value that you've placed into being an athlete. And I wasn't Matthew anymore. I was just a central defender for whatever club I was playing for. And prior to making it to the professional ranks, it, it was never going to happen. There was never anything that, as you mentioned, that physicality can only be explored to some level. And then everybody's more or less, you hit that gray area where everybody's marginally the same and, and you have these well-trained professional bodies, but what's going on between the years is how you place it and put it together. So um, that's how I stumbled upon these things. If I remember correctly, it was called uh, the small little book called, I want to say five minute toughness. And it was like five minute mental toughness. It was little workbooks. And I started with that and just kind of dived into this sort of idea of, of what this was. And, and really it was about establishing awareness and, with Mindframe and then connecting with James and connecting the body, which he does so eloquently. And, and it really opened my eyes. And again, this is where my training again took another step forward. Um, I started to develop this awareness of what was going on in my body, what was going on in my mind, beginning, you know, at York University and having a kinesiology degree. I already had a basic knowledge of physiology and understanding of those things. But what really fascinated me was how a thought could provoke anxiety, how a thought could provoke a physical manifestation in the body. And when we're not communicating that within ourselves, and we're not able to create that depth or that distance to observe that within ourselves, we're just kind of going through the motions of athletes, right? So we put our head down, Brady, you know this better than me, probably, you put your head down, you break through a brick wall, then you put your head down, you bust through another brick wall, and then eventually you're going to hit a wall that gives you a concussion, you're going to hit it, and it's not going to break. And that's kind of very much where I where I ended up. And, and there's a saying in the, in the yogic principle that you know, bees, um, you can put them in a jar with a lid off and they, they don't have the foresight or the awareness to know that they can simply look up and fly out. And I think that very much applies to uh, an athlete's journey and very much applies to our journey as humans, where 
we do try to bust our heads through that wall when simply we can look up and find or look to our right and find the door, right? And and really all it is is that awareness. So very simply in the long-winded, we'll put it back to where where the path kind of walks is mind frame is very much the mindfulness manifestation of an athlete's journey. So walking the athlete through things like what is a calm mind? What what do these um, what do these stillness moments look like? What does stillness look like in your body, right? And and that sort of starts with very basic mindfulness practices, whether it be visualization, and then connecting that to the sport. How can I use this to prep my body for success? Very much to what I mentioned before, what we attend to preps our body for that in the real world, right? So what we attend to very much becomes those beliefs, those thoughts, those actions. So now how do we, understanding this default mode, this autopilot that our body wants to put us on, and very much we have over the course of our life to date, how do we now unlearn those patterns by simply replacing them, by supplementing them with healthier strategies, right? So once we've established that calm mind and we've established what an attentional focus can look like and how do I hone in on that and train that like a skill in order to focus on what's going to actually make me a better athlete or what's going to make me a better person or bring me that growth, you know, then we can apply to things like focus and, and understand the self-concept. So when I place my focus or my attention on the external validity of others when others are giving me that that confidence and others are you know they can very easily strip that away from me and I've now taken my happiness and placed it in a basket that I no longer have control of so anytime at any point that becomes an unstable source of happiness an unstable source of confidence so again simply unlearning those behaviors by replacing them with something more within as James mentioned that he always mentioned he's wearing a shirt that says it is within you Right. And, and when we look towards ourselves on that, um, we begin to find a stable mental uh, place where we're not only consistent, but we're stable and we're we're not doing the ebbs and flows. And this, you know, kind of logo I'm wearing on my hat is very much indicative of the athlete's journey. So applying those things to what is a growth mindset? Well, that is within you. That is a non-striving. That is not looking to the guys that I think I'm better than or Brady, you thought you were better than it's understanding who you are and understanding where your growth and your progress uh, then can redefine that success for you. And by doing so, you create this stable pattern where the framework is set and now we can only build upon. So um, again, for fast forwarding, self-concept, um, you know, ideas where, where do I pay attention? Where do I move my attention? What garners my attention? And just that learning process of the athlete, understanding it is like I mentioned to James all the time, is that monster in the closet, right? When we keep the door shut and we barricade the door, it only busts the door down. But when we open the door and we and we share and we share that, you know, that cappuccino that we're talking about with the with the with the monster, it becomes something that doesn't go away. But we know that the monster is not so scary. Right. We know that the monster has this or that as a trait and we understand when it's coming. We understand when it's haunting us. So that's half the battle. And then again, applying that to things like goal setting. Right. Applying things that to things like, again, redefining the entire journey of an athlete all the way up to match day, all the way up to game day where we experience these feelings, but can we stay in the moment? What is a flow experience? What is this in the zone that we've all felt where, you know, time has no relevancy and we don't worry about what we look like. We don't worry about if there's a cut on our face and we're so engaged in the moment that nothing else matters. That is how we achieve optimal performance, but also away from sport, that is how we achieve optimal experience in life. Some of the best moments I've ever had in my life have whizzed by me because I was so absorbed in the moment. One of them I'll share is, you know, being with my, my nephew, he, uh, he came by one day and he was supposed to stay for four hours. And just like that, the four hours was gone. I was on the ground. I never got up off the carpet. We were playing. He was about a year and a half old and we were just playing. And, and one of the best moments, and that was that optimal performance. That was that flow outside of sport, right? 
Brady, you and I have had probably those moments, James, yourself as well, where we play for two hours. We have a, you know, nine innings. We have 90 minutes. We have three periods, 60 minutes of, of hockey or whatever it might be. And you're, you're like, what the heck? Like, you know, you hear the buzzer and, and you hear the whistle and you're like, the game's over. Like what happened? Right. And that is that flow experience by bringing awareness to that flow experience we can then understand what it looks like, what it feels like, what it tastes like. And then we can begin to set the table for that. We can't force it to happen, but by being aware of it simply, we're training the mind to facilitate that more often. So that's how optimal performance is achieved, not just, in, not just on the field, but in life, right? So um, yeah, that's kind of the, the, the path. And then again, just connecting with James and applying those same concepts, right? Applying those stress relationships to James's yogic principles that again, I could do no service to, James could do much better justice to, is applying those with patterned movements that release stress, that not only relax our muscles and bring us to that sweet spot where we can feel optimal performance, but also understand it with, a, with an awareness, again, training that attentional focus to focus on my shoulder, to understand that my shoulder has a deeper range of movement as a one part of my whole, that when we put the whole back together, when we take the individual pieces, we put them back, they're not just the sum of shoulder plus shoulder plus hip plus hip. We have this enhanced movement and enhanced movement and enhanced movement as, as we know, you know, as an athlete, as a turn and pivot athlete, as a jumping athlete, as a, as a shooting athlete. Like this is part of my preparatory movement, my warm-ups that I'm not doing, uh, you know, the, the basic frontal sideways movements. I'm doing intentful movement, you know, starting with a, you know, my, my routine, starting with a, a meditation and then beginning and patterning that meditation and taking that same quality of thinking into the movement patterns that are relevant for my lift or for my technical session that I'm about to do. And then carrying that same focus, that lasting quality that transcends far beyond the meditation or transcends far beyond into what I'm about to do, which is sport, which allows me to be completely present, which is where we get the most output, right? So this is the, this is the journey and it's, and it's taking obviously the mindfulness component to a new level where, where we're rethinking all of the things we've been told and we're, we're trying to enhance whether, yes, they are relevant, but ultimately are they relevant to you, right? Someone might, like myself who experiences uh, anxiety needs to operate in a three or a four uh, type of anxiety level or type of arousal level, whereas someone like James might be better, su- better served, excuse me, to the seven, eight. So does it serve me then when game day comes, I'm already at a six or a seven, does it serve me to jack me up even further? Or does it serve me to, you know, whether that be by music or otherwise, what kind of talk do you need? What kind of self-talk do you need? What kind of music do you need? And this is rethinking the entire spectrum of wellness and therefore performance. Wow. Wow. First off, before I forget, your last name is pronounced Arnone. Is that right? Arnone. Yeah, Arnone. Of course it is because you're Italian. I was saying Arnon. I knew I was thinking it wrong. So I apologize. I apologize for that. Um, there's a lot there, and I want to hear from James too. But you know what? It is. It's rethinking it 100%. And what a great point. Like, did the different levels, you know, you talk about, you know, whether listening to music is beneficial to one guy versus the next and what type of music or, or you know, what type of meditation or warm-ups. Um, because everything that I've done has been so, like, broad spectrum it's like okay this is the way it is because you're a hockey player we're going to listen to this kind of music and we're going to listen to it loud and we're gonna we're gonna do this before the game and we're only going to stretch this way and and everybody's sort of doing the same the same thing which maybe it works for a few of the guys and maybe it works for me on some days and maybe it doesn't and i think it's such a great point um james before you hop in and, and say anything let me ask you a question james like 
when should we as parents or as coaches be um, starting to implement this uh, in, at what age uh, and, and really, because I mean, this is my opinion would be, you know, I always tell this on the strength and strength and conditioning side, you know, maybe not till they're a little bit older, but this seems like this is something that, you know, we can really get to the kids at a young age and start teaching them this because there's no harm to their body or anything, just becoming more powerful to the mind. So I'd be curious uh, to your answers on that, James. Yeah, um, I don't think there's a limitation. I don't think that the power within the self to understand the self is uh, is contraindicated by age, right? So we call that like contraindicated, you know, there's some reason not to be doing it. So I have, we have a five-year-old and, and the idea is when these tantrums happen or this navigation of getting pent up frustration because he can't express with his words, and not to say that we're doing it right, but the way that we're doing it is by going and moving to the breath, right? And so we can start the breath work. And a lot of the schools are now doing this in a very, you know, sort of a, a forced manner in that like COVID has driven mental stress and anguish in everybody to a very high level and experiencing things outside of themselves, right? So um, I don't think there's an age gap or an age uh, commitment here. I think we, we want we see this as a foundational program. Um, we, we talk about this as performance wellness for athletes, but this is for human beings. The more that I know about myself, the more empathetic, the more reasoned, the more logical I am with every other human because I'm navigating all of the things that are within me. And, and so our job, again, is not to dictate people how to go about this, but to simply guide them to find themselves in a manner in which they can be a little bit softer, right? I, I, I mentioned this last night, we're in a, a recalibration workshop, we're doing some breath work and some meditative stuff um, with a group a couple nights a week. And, and you talk about prayer group, and we talk about like meditation group or yeah. movement group, like whatever your whatever you resonates with you is, is yeah. what you got to do, you got to follow what resonates and, and, um, you know, taking praise and criticism on the same level and just not not getting too hung up with either one and sort of navigating like ebbs and flows like the mind frame logo is is very much this and uh, combining the ebbs and flows with education and empowerment to make the greatest impact this is what we're trying to do is to enhance the experience in sport so that when you stop athleting you are still doing an excellent job humaning you know whereas if you stop athleting and ask any number of athletes right now the experiences that they're having with their identity being stripped away by a pandemic there's not very many ways, places to turn, many, many ways to go. It's a, it, and it's not because it's a woe is me and, and they're wrong. No, we're humans. We have a negativity bias. And this is a point that we like to touch on as well on a regular basis. It's like I use a T-Rex, Matt uses a monster, but like I've never, I've seen so many T-Rexes. So this is why I use a T-Rex. But, you know, I, I, have, I, I have three options in any scenario. I can fight, I can flight, or I can freeze. Yeah, you picture a T-Rex and I'm going to fight it. I got no chance. I'm going to run from it. It's way bigger than me. I got no chance or I'm going to freeze like you, you see the outcome, not a good outcome. So the idea isn't to mitigate stress. The idea isn't to get rid of stress. The idea is to become aware and stress can be physical. Stress can be performance, benching, of shooting a puck, whatever it might be. But the idea is to soften our awareness sort of you know, enhance our awareness to soften the experience with that stress. So we talk about the nervous system and we look at like the sympathetic nervous system and Matt talks about it this very eloquently and you do with hockey is like ramp up, ramp up, ramp up, ramp up. And we look at athletes because this is a space that I've worked in as a professional. 
this is a space that Matt works in as a professional, um, but this is applicable to, to um, you know, to teachers, to the corporate world, to, to wherever it might be, like take a step back and we're ramping up all the time for something else, right? You go to practice so that you can play better in the game. You do this drill so you can get to the next drill, the next drill, the weight to the weightlifting session to get to the ice, the ice to get to the this, to get to the that, to get to the that, to keep going. This is an external focus, an external locus of control, right? Like we're striving for the end instead of striving in the moment itself. And so when we keep ramping up, the next time we get to a heightened sense of uh, anxiousness or stress, you're already working from a level of, of high stress. And now you're going to compact that or compound that with some more game situation, power play, penalty kill, uh, PK, whatever the case might be. Where are we at in that sense? So the idea also through like the mindful piece and the breathing piece is let's ramp down. And like Matt talked about, if you have an athlete that needs to ramp down, do they have the tools to do that? We want to provide a tool set that athletes can go to on their own. No, they don't need to pick up the phone and call us because we're embedding this in an eight-week program where we're spending two weeks in each one of our four phases to build in the mental component, the physical component. And, and we talk about these being two separate things. In the performance wellness platform, these are one and the same. And the example that I'll give is like Matt will take, for example, or I will take a group or an athlete or a human being through a visualization exercise of an orange on a kitchen counter. Uh, what does it look like? Walk over to it, pick it up. What does it feel like? So on and so forth through a visualization of something, you know, seemingly tangible, so, something that everyone's experienced from that sense, but to tapping into different uh, points and portions of the brain and, and these kinds of things. And then the next exercise will be moving the shoulder through a guided motion of flexion of the shoulder, external rotation, internal rotation, and its totality of movement with a connection that's seemingly visual, like a visualization using those same skills, but now being applied in a physical manner. And so when we get to the end of this eight weeks, we take the training wheels off and this is yours to explore. It's not ours to say you're doing it well or you're not. It's yours to, to take away to your field of play, to your job, to, to your life, to your relationships, right? And, and so this is where it's at is, is I think, and I, and I don't want to sound like we know everything because we don't. This is our experiences and these are the things that we've identified um, as lacking um, enhanced connection. We want to connect the dots a little bit further within ourselves so that we can help others connect within their sport and within what they need to do. And so this is it very much is how do we do that? So it, it's not that strength and conditioning is all wrong. And it's not that training and getting ramped up for games and playing loud music is wrong. It's just that let's explore the why and let's explore if that is the most beneficial for everybody because it's not. And the only way to explore the most beneficial pieces of um, self is to go within. And so, again, we, we, we take this approach um, with athletes and with coaching staffs and organizations that are ready to enter sort of a new way of looking at things. It takes some forward thinking. It takes some, some progressive thought to, to step back and say, I have no ego involved in this. If we're changing this to enhance humanity to enhance that number 13 number nine number 25 like we're doing 
service for a greater purpose. And, and, and Matt and I align on this very much in that we live this on a daily life. You know, meditation is a part of our, our daily, our daily practices, right? Movement is a, is a, is a function of our daily practices as well. And so embedding these things in a succinct program, listen, George Mumford was the guy who mummified the bulls, right? Like with Phil Jackson, going back to like the run with the bulls, he was doing meditation and mindfulness with those guys. 100% behind the scenes, right? And and we're not the first to do this. But where we see this is like making this mainstream and it doesn't have to be the bulls in order to tap in. You're working with a high level soccer athlete and a high quality human being who has experienced his own darkness, his own light, his own amazing experiences. And he's, he's vulnerable enough and strong enough to share that and embrace that and acknowledge that he's not the only one that experiences those things, but he is ex experiencing it his way. And so we want others to experience it their way, to soften the edges a little bit, to enhance their performance through understanding of who they are. You know, it's 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 exploration of potential. That's what this program is. Um, we have, we're more than happy to talk with anybody who, who wants to explore this for their organization, for their team. Uh, you got the stuff running along the bottom. You can reach out to Matt. You can reach out to me. We have uh, a great presentation that we take, you know, a PowerPoint presentation. We're happy to take uh, coaches and teams through examples of what we're doing to really connect this stuff. Um, but Brady having us on here today is, is amazing, you know, to get this out to, to people and, um, and let them know that just because we're in the middle of a pandemic and we're sort of being forced to not do things and forced to do other things, there are still many ways to continually grow and continually enhance your performance if and when you return to sport, but at the same time beyond, far beyond sport, right? Impacting livelihood. So the pandemic is kind of like a nice example. It's an external locus of control, right? Like when is it going to go back to uh, how it used to be? When's it going to go back to normal? When are things going to go back to normal? On the other end of it is like, when is this going to end? So like, and what's that going to look like? And here we are being pulled in two directions and we're forgetting the thing that's right in the center of us. And that's right now. And so shifting the focus from those external stimuli moving to the things that we can control or take control of is seemingly simple, but it does take some guidance. And so this is where we really want to have the conversation about providing some guidance to finding you. And that's what it's all about. Man, I'm, uh, I'm actually blown away. And I, you know, if this was a year ago, I would have been like actually mad because I never had a chance to do this while I was playing. But I'm, I'm since past that and, and not resentful that I've, you know, my career blew up the way that it did because I'm at peace with it. I'm actually excited that you guys have done this um, and that, you know, athletes now have an opportunity to engage in a program like this. And I firmly believe that this is what will define whether you're good or great is, is finding out yourself, finding out what works for us as individuals and having those supports in place and really learning about, you know, not just our bodies or not just our minds, but bringing it all together. And I think when I listen to you guys both speak, and I think that the biggest component of it is, is becoming great people outside of our sport, because at some time, at some point in time, we're all as athletes going to be like, Hey, guess what? You're not, you can't play competitively anymore. You could always play for fun or whatever, but you, you're going to have to retire from that competitive or professional level, or if you make it collegiate, whatever it is, 
that's always going to come to an end because, you know, father time gets us or whatever. And so what we're left with is, you know, is ourselves and, and you know, what, how are we going to deal with that? What are we going to do to contribute to the betterment of humanity? Um, and, you know, I look to, you know, the hockey community, cause that's what I know. And from everybody that I've, you know, spoke with and my own personal experience is when that's taken from, from us, you know, I, I speak as athletes, especially I know hockey, a lot of these guys, uh, they have no idea what to do with themselves. Um, they, you know, a lot of them go through you know, drug addictions, uh, psych ward stints. Some have taken their own lives as uh, some have overdosed. Some are struggling right now. Uh, the, I know um, a, a number of individuals that played high level hockey that, you know, reach out to me all the time where they just feel they have, they don't know themselves. Like, you know, you talk about Matthew talking about earlier about, you know, be, having that identity as a soccer player, or a hockey player. And when that, you know, but really, I mean, that's just one small part of who we are, but it's also a very big part of who we are. But I think along the way, we need to really tune into who we are as individuals and, and finding, you know, what what makes us go up and down, you know, what brings us up, what brings us down and, and finding what works for us. And I really believe you guys have the power to do that. Um, when When is this program ready for launch, guys? Yeah, fully ready. We're, we're on board. We, we have this uh, mapped out. Um, we can do everything virtually at this point. And it's actually, uh, it, you know, it's intentionally built to be virtual. You need your space and, and you need to hop on, you know, an online platform that we can set up with organizations uh, and, and we can discuss all of that. You know, we're happy to discuss price points and, and where, we're, where we're looking to take this thing. But ultimately, we, again, we want to get this in the hands of people who are recognizing that this can be potentially uh, game changing. It will be game changing for those that engage with it. We know that we've had some good discussions already with a few organizations and and all are very interested in it. Um, Matt does an amazing job presenting and, and his story again. And, and, and from the athlete side, I think that's a barrier to entry. He, he does it. He lives it. Um, we don't have to be experts. The only expert that we need to be is the expert of our own story. Brady, you know this. And and uh, our past is our past. We don't have to erase it. We simply have to embrace it and, and figure out how, how we do the best with what we have right in front of us. And, and the thing that we have on a daily basis is the way that we carry ourselves and the way that we interact with the environment around us and, and respond. And so, um, yeah, we're, we're ready. We're fully online. Um, reach out to us again. Like emails are running across the bottom there. A team at mindframe.info is Matt's and, and I'm at consult at firststartherapy.com you can get us on instagram and all those other things too um we'd love to have the conversation and get this going and and it's an eight-week program you know two hours a week uh four phases and um i think that's it matt did i miss anything on that no i think you hit the nail on the head i think uh yeah i think the as james mentioned the proof is is in the pudding as as they like to say with this is something and and i'll share just very briefly it's this was, uh, as I mentioned before, Brady, we talked about that little five-minute uh, daily toughness book or whatever the heck it was called, but um, that developed. And, and once that mindfulness, once that approach to sport, once that identity, that singular identity, like we like to call it, is lost, and, and I understand from a connected perspective what that I'm, A, not isolated. We talk about what happens in the brain, and what happens in the brain very much is that when we experience pain, we also experience isolation, and that's why this pandemic has been so um, difficult for everybody. When we're in isolation, uh, it shares a neural pathway with the brain. Uh, well, sorry, excuse me, with pain in the brain. So neural pathway is shared between pain and isolation. The brain doesn't know the difference. And I think when we allow this 
awareness, we create this space uh, to to observe ourselves as if we were another, right? We give ourselves um, so much um, poor advice, but when others ask us for advice, we are so great at being compassionate towards them. And I think where it starts is within. We be, we become compassionate towards ourselves, and and then we share out, outwards, right? And and in developing that sort of human or humanity within ourselves, we realize things like support systems are to be used, right? This is a resource for you. This is a support system for you to enhance your performance and also your wellness, right? And and James has very much become part of that support system. But things like, you know, I talk about uh, mindfully uh, labeling uh, your support system, people in it, right? I have a girl, a uh, fiance now actually, and, and she's watched me play for 10 years and she still doesn't know what offside is. And so, you know, taking advice from her on the technical side of the game would be silly. But her role in my life and simply mindfully approaching each individual in my life, my mother, my, you know, my stepfather, my whatever it might be, is giving them a role. You know, uh, Alessia, my fiance, is the cheerleader. I ask her to be a positive influence in my life, external positive influence, right? I got enough negativity going on in here. I go on Twitter. People say that, I, you know, they put me in the top 50 and say I'm overrated and that was a generous uh, you know, uh, sort of nomination. And, and there's all kinds of negativity that we can focus on. But what we need to do is have the kind of pros outweigh the cons. We need the positivity to sort of outweigh that. And, and by that by that way of, you know, positive affirmations, there can be people that can be positive um, affirmations for you, right? Symbols of that, but also telling you verbally and, and filling your mind with and surrounding yourself with a positive environment does wonders for that. And I think you know, that mindful approach to shared community, myself sharing my story, I do it um, not to garner pity. I do that to open the floor for vulnerability, to break down those barriers like yourself, Brady. And, and we talk about these things. Why do we talk about these things? Because when we enter the locker room, we talk uh, on a superficial level about, you know, whether it be parties and girls and, and whatever the case may be, you know, there's sort of homophobia in the locker room. There's you know, racial profiling in the locker room. There's all this toxic masculinity that generates from, you know, ages of human history that if we go all the way back, it's carried its way into the sport culture. And very much so, like, I'm sure, Brady, you and I couldn't go into our coach's office and say, you know what, coach, like, I'm losing it mentally. Like, if I lo if I dislocated my shoulder, that'd be okay to miss training. Yeah. But if I dislocated the right part of my brain because it wasn't working and mm -hmm. my amygdala was firing because my stress response was through the roof and I explained that to him, he'd laugh at me and tell me to go lace up. So, you know, this is not to, again, point blame at anybody, but this is the shift that we want to make in sport, right? And, and I am proof of that. I live that. And, and back to what I wanted to say was once I found that, it became a linear equation. It became not a pro, hit a, plat a plateau, found this new type of training, trained my mind, brought it full circle. And, and, you know, that happened in 2018. I went off to Italy without anything other than having speaking to an agent there found a team, trained with them, came back full circle. It was almost like a switch was flipped. And, and that was, you know, bringing foreground to background and background to foreground, as James says. But also, I talk about it as seeing color. It didn't matter whether I got there. The journey was wonderful. It's taught me so many things. The growth is, is immense. And, and I'm so grateful for it. I'm sure you are as well. Is, is That is the shift that we want to provide in culture, right? Human first and athlete second. And from a scientific perspective, it's very much linear. It's very much correlated, right? So... You know, if you're not well, you're, you're not going to perform. And, and this is where we want to take this, right? Performance first, athlete second. Excuse me. Performance, wellness first, uh, performance second. Athlete, athlete definitely comes before uh, nothing other than the human. The human is the one thing that matters and the one thing that we're left with, right? 
Yeah, and you make a lot of great points. And there's a couple of comments and questions coming in. I'll just get to uh, a couple of them here. Uh, there's a question for you, James, uh, coming down from Ryan in, in Arizona. First, he says, uh, Brady, thank you for what you're doing. Watching from Arizona. Shout out to your junior warrior, Chase. He plays with my son and made us both aware of puck support. So thank you, Ryan. But he also has a question after that where he says, James, you talk about teams and coaches working with you. Does your program allow for single athlete training? My 13-year-old goalie uh, can struggle at times mentally, and I believe this could greatly assist him. 100%. 100%. Please reach out to us. We're working on the dynamics of, of getting this into as many hands as possible. One-to-one -one can be just as valuable, can be more valuable. And again, Ryan, thank you for the question, and and thank you for your support of Brady in, in all of this as well. This is amazing. The, the community is, is what it's all about. But 100%. Um, we talk about this, Matt and I, on a regular basis with the dialogues that we have with organizations is, is if we're going to a, a college or a university and we're saying, like, it, it, does this make sense to have the men's and women's program together in the same room or does that create barriers for vulnerability and barriers for sharing and, and ultimately what's the greatest experience? If there's one-to-one -one opportunity um, and, and we feel like that's going to benefit 100%, absolutely, this can be done one-to-one, two-to-one even. Matt, Matt and myself working with an athlete, uh, some people resonate with, with the way that Matt delivers information. Some people resonate with the way that I deliver information, but um, we truly feel that coming from uh, experiential uh, and from both sides creates a dynamic and, and an entryway that just, uh, it's unmatched and it is game changing. It will shift the way that uh, our young people, our athletes um, go about, you know, living life and, and performing on the ice in this case, 100%. Thank you. Awesome. A uh, friend of mine from down, believe it or not, Argentina. We have a, and he's uh, growing the game of hockey down in uh, Argentina. Uh, Matthew Meinzer, Meinzer, I'm probably saying his name wrong too, but he's been supporting for the last little bit. He says, great ideas, guys. I'm going to share your links and translate some of your basic ideas into Spanish for the young athletes down here in Argentina. So that's kind of cool. He's growing the game of hockey and, uh, you know, just always nice to get support from him down there. He's He actually makes wooden hockey sticks uh, for the kids down there because they don't have any hockey gear. So it's really cool. Um, Sandra Murray says, mindfulness has been a core practice component in the trauma-informed community here in Michigan for a while. Mindfulness only recently has been applied to other targeted populations such as high-caliber athletes. Nice to hear from clinicians that are highly proficient in the modality and form an athlete that is clearly benefiting. Thank you, gentlemen. And also she says... James, thank you for evaluating the standard of care in our field. I, too, believe in an integrated approach to treatment, planning, and service delivery. So that's Sandra. She's awesome. She said there's a bunch of uh, other other great things she said, too, but it would take us <laughs> a while to get through all of them. But, Sandra, you're you're always participating, and she's been such a great support um, and someone that, you know, you guys could probably connect with and help. And I just want to say, too, that, like, I'm – we're more than happy to, you know, and, and again, I want to say, James, sorry that I wasn't able to deliver more on the an unbelievable sem seminar that you and Jens uh, and Mike put out, um, you know, and you guys raised money for puck support. I was honestly having a really hard time and I, I never really talked about it because whenever I say I'm having a hard time, people automatically think I've relapsed. It's like I'm not allowed to have a bad day. Oh, no, is he going to relapse? No, that wasn't the case. I was just in the middle of moving and um, back then I had very little help and was, you know, didn't, um, have a stable and I was back and forth between here and there. And like my life was falling out from under me. So, I mean, it was unfortunate timing, but you, what you guys didn't put out there is amazing. And we're going to make sure that we have that on our website. And I also want to have a, 
a link um, to your guys' program on our website here uh, in the next week. I'll make sure that it's up. And, you know, I'm more than happy. Like, you know, like I know a lot of people in the hockey world, the hockey community. And if anybody ever asks me um, where to go, I'm going to be directing them to you guys without question. And that's not just because you're a friend of mine. And now, Matthew, you're you're a friend of mine. It's because I believe in what you guys are doing. And I think, you know, I, not even that I think, I like I truly believe um, – that you guys are doing it for the right reasons. You guys are great people. James, you and I have got to know each other quite a bit over the last little while. And uh, I'm really grateful for your friendship. And I, I love it when you speak. I, I listen um, very in tunely and I'll echo the same words now for Matthew because, um, you know, the way that you shared and, and uh, were able to explain things was unbelievable. And actually, Sandra said, thank you for sharing, Matthew. You have incredible insight. And um, it's, it's, uh, it's very true. So, um, if there's anything else um, that you guys want to touch on before we wrap it up, I mean, the floor is yours. But if there's just know that if there's anything that I can do, Puck Support can do, um, my podcast, anything that we can do to further, um, you know, get the word out there for what you guys are doing, I'm more than happy to do it. And I, the way I see it is this, is there's so many, you know, programs out there. And I'll be honest, a lot of them, I I don't even give the time to because I feel people are just grasping at straws and, and trying to do things for their own benefit. And um, I truly believe that you guys have put in a lot of work. You have a lot of experience in the field, like a lot combining, you know, the athlete athlete with an athletic therapist and yoga um, and the way that you guys have come together. Like I, I can't say it enough how much I truly believe in this. And the reason why I have no problem getting behind it is because I know that this has the capacity to not only just make great athletes, but I believe it can save lives because if we can start to, you know, get into, into people's minds and start to guide them and direct them the right way in sport and in life, well, guess what happens when they go through different traumas or hard times or anything? Well, they know themselves, they know how to navigate that and they don't go, they don't, maybe don't, they don't fall into those addictions um, or those, you know, those suicidal thoughts or whatever, because, they've worked a program like yours. So that's why I'm more than happy to, to do whatever I can to, to further your guys' reach here. No, we appreciate that 100%. And, and it goes both ways. You know, Matt was more than happy to come on here. We've connected. Um, I've talked, you know, in great depth with Matt about you and your story and, and how impactful it has been, not just for myself, but for, for you know, everybody who hears it in, in whatever way it resonates. And, you know, listen, like some of the comments are amazing. And, and Sandra, thank you for all your comments. Like mindfulness has been around for thousands of years. Yoga has been around for thousands of years modern medicine is about this old in comparison to, to these these ancient traditions of, of sort of uh, introspective knowledge and learning. And so um, we're not creating anything other than putting our minds together and, and, and creating something that we feel will make a difference. And it is, you're right, 100%, this is coming from a place of experience. It's coming from a place of knowledge and understanding, um, but it's coming from a place of, of, you know, following passion, following intuition and, and, and becoming a part of something bigger than than ourselves finding ourselves and then acknowledging that it is a small piece of the bigger puzzle and, and trying to get this into people's hands and um you know we're ready and willing to have these conversations with everybody and matt uh you know openly on this air thank you so much for for realigning and reconnecting and, and brady you too man this is this is also the bigger picture for me and for us with mind frame and and first star and, and puck support is 
doing it for the right reasons, you know, yeah. and, and that's how communities grow and that's how support grows. And you're exactly right. This is not, this is not meant to be a reactive platform where it's going to solve all of the injury issues in the world or all of the mental health issues in the world, but it can, it can help and it can help at the front end, you know, before you get to that tipping point by creating strategies so that when you get to a tipping point or you're up in an ebb or a flow and, and you need to go somewhere, you can go inside first before you do something drastic, before that darkness overtakes you, you at least create a softer entryway. You create a little bit of distance from that T-Rex so you can get away. You know, or you find a camouflage suit so the T-Rex picks something else instead of you to eat, or you find that freaking fire poker and you at least have a fighting chance against that T-Rex. So that's what it's all about, man. It's 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 progressive thinking, um, it's non-reactionary, and it's completely introspective. You are the boss, man, Brady. Like you're the boss. We're just here to help guide in the manners that we know work in our lives, and therefore we can impact uh, in others. Well. Matthew, I just want to say to you before we hear from Matthew, before we uh, go, is that what really resonated with me, James, is when you were talking about, you know, with the five-year-old and going back to breath work, okay? And I picture myself at five years old, and that's, you know, when I went through a lot of trauma, and that instantly changed who I was. I became angry. Um, I was, you know, essentially... I was a good little kid, but man, was I angry and I couldn't, you know, man, like I couldn't let it out. I, I just, I was, so I, I wore it on my sleeve and, and I used hockey as my outlet to take that pain away. And I just wonder, I mean, there's no sense because we can't go back, but I, I just wonder, you know, if I would have had something like this um, or like a guy like you or Matthew to, to be there um, right from even that early age, just to sort of, get get to some of those issues and to give me some new coping mechanisms or or different ways to feel um what i was feeling and different outlets other than just putting my head down and playing hockey because you know it worked for a while until it didn't and uh you know, I just, I feel really good about what you guys are doing. And, um, you know, I actually, what I want to say is that, you know, if you put together, um, you know, in short, not, not super short form, but I'm more than happy to, to run and run an ad every single podcast, just like I do for team issued, uh, for your guys's program. And I can get someone to do the voiceover work or whatever. Um, if you provide me with, uh, the short, I have a, I have a crappy voice. So I'm not going to try to do it. It sounds That's a great voice. It's a great voice, man. Well, that's well, not mine, but the team issued one's good because it's the Kelowna <laughs> Rockets play-by-play guy, but we'll get someone to do it, and I'm more than happy um, to run that for you guys. And the reason being is because I believe in it, and I believe that it's going to help people. Um, and listen, like, you know, there's, there's so many people vying for people's time, attention, money, and, you know, it could do this in a lot of – I could push – my not that I have a huge following, but I, it's not that I offer this. I don't do this um, for everybody. When people come on, they talk about their different things, and, and I, I'm doing it because I believe in it, and I, I believe it has the capacity to change the world of sport and, and a lot of lives um, outside of sport. So, James, if you if you guys put together something where you know, you're comfortable with me saying that, I'm more than happy to do that for you guys. I, I'm actually really honored to do it, and I think it's going to make a difference. Yeah, awesome. Matt, uh, I'll let you say yes to that publicly yeah no that's such a humbling thing and i'm so grateful i'm sure james is as well i speak for both of us when i say that this has been amazing and and the platform yes and all those great things yes but more the connectedness and i think the sharing and and this is what it's all about right like this is we don't james said it we don't have all the answers i definitely don't now i talk to you know about seeing color and all these great things like 
yeah, like I don't just walk around floating around and I don't touch the ground anymore. And, and that is very much not the case. And as we talked about in the ebb and flow, the difference in the power is in knowing the ebb and flow, knowing when you're on an ebb and when you're in a flow or when you're in a peak and when you're in a valley. And, and when you have that awareness to, uh, to be aware of where you are as an athlete, where you are as a person um, on the wave pattern, um, it, it, it takes a lot of power. And, and, you know, we can talk about the science as what's actually happening in that, in that portion of the brain by simply knowing and simply being aware, being able to identify um, and, and that sort of consolidation of information, um, knowing something is having dealt with it. And, and when you are aware of what's going on within you, um, you're developing that resilience, right? And that's what we're doing. We're, we're building resilience physically in the physical body, whether it be a shoulder, whether it be a segment of joints, whether it be the entire body, and, and then also in the mind. We're, we're connecting the two in a way that we're building resilience. So to um, improve that recovery from a stress response, again, whether physical or mental, but also your, your stress tolerance, your emotional regulation, right? And, and this is a, as you mentioned, Brady, this is a mental health tool that beyond the physical benefits of sport related and any of that, this, this saved me from, you know, a prolonged period of depression. This saved me from a prolonged period of performance anxiety to deter me from the one thing I love becoming the one thing I absolutely hated. And, and, and I love that it's called hockey to hell and back because for me, it was, it was soccer to hell and back. And it was very much that. And, and, and very much in a different way, but I dreaded the one thing that I loved and, and I, and I dreaded the people in it and even to speak the words, even to watch it on TV. Um, and, and you know, that, that ebbs and flows too, right. And that, and that ebbs and flows too, but the idea is being aware of when it's happening is, is all of the battle and is all of that resilience muscle that we need to flex, right. We, we pick up a weight and we can't lift it. Um, we pick up a smaller weight and we try and lift that. And the idea is adaptation happens in the muscle, right? So if we're doing a bicep curl, our body is prepping for the next time we're lifting that muscle. But what about in the mind? What kind of muscles are we flexing in the mind? The ones we flex are the ones that go stronger. The ones, the, you know, the neurons that wire together, fire together. And, and if we're constantly firing the amygdala, the stress response, it's going to get great. It's going to get enlarged. And science has proven that it enlarges. But what about that right anterior insula that is associated with positive affect, right? And positive outlook and well-being and compassion. If we're not flexing that muscle, it's not going to be resilient in times of stress. It's not going to be strong enough to lift the weight that is the external environment, that is uh, the internal environment that we, you know, sometimes we create for ourselves. So um, the resilience is, is, the, is the fundamental key piece. And, and we're so grateful to have, again, yourself in, in our lives and our journey as part of it and, and very much the alignment. And, and people like yourself are, are, again, striving to build a platform for people that, um, are seeking help and, and we are very much want to be a resource and another outlet for that. So we, we're really humbled and this has been, you know, for me, very enriching ex experience and I'm, I'm so grateful for it, man. I'm grateful for, for yourself and I'm grateful always for James. So thank you guys. I learned so much from you guys every day and that's, that's what it's all about. So thank you everybody listening. Thanks, guys. Um, I really appreciate it. And um, James, I'll make sure that when I post, I'm going to repost this. It's going to be on YouTube and everything. But uh, the primarily where people get it is is listening to it. And I'll make sure it's in all the links on Spotify and everything. So um, where is the best place if people want to, um, you know, get into the program? Is it firststartherapy.com? Is that is that the best place right now? 
Yeah, so I just updated our website is firststartherapy.com. Right on that homepage, scroll down to the bottom and you'll see uh, our partnership with MindFrame and you can just hit email. You type in your name and your email, email us and we'll send out the PDF. We can send out the overview of the program and set up a, you know, set up a, a, a live call um, by phone or, or over the internet or whatever the things might, might whatever is easiest. Awesome. And um, yeah, so I'll make sure the links are going to be on our website. And I look forward to the day because my long-term goal, our long-term goal, one of them is to have an academy, um, you know, where, you know, we're not just teaching hockey. And I really foresee there being a relationship with the both of you uh, running that side of things. Um, yeah, it would be a dream. So um, I'm looking forward to that day. It might be a three or five year plan, but you better believe I'll be coming knocking on your guys' door when the time is the time is ready. Looking forward to that, man. I appreciate that, Brady. Okay, guys. Have a nice day. Thanks so much. Take for care. Doing. Thanks. Bye, guys. Good afternoon. All right, guys. Wow. What an episode. And you know what? I've had a lot of hockey players on. And I've heard a lot of great stories. And I love the stories. I love talking about, uh, you know, first off, hockey. But I'll, I'll be honest, my favorite episodes have been those uh, people's comeback stories and uh, people very, very much getting vulnerable. And this one was a little different. I think it was very educational. And I, I really, I, I know I've said it like a thousand times this episode, but I really believe that this has the capacity to, to change uh, lives. And I, I really wish that I would have been afforded the opportunity to, to participate in something like this while being a competitive athlete. But here's the thing. You know, it goes so much further than than athletics. And if we're not always building, you know, on ourselves and our character, finding out who we really are, well, then I believe we're not really living. So, you know, I want to talk to them again uh, in the near future. And I forgot to mention that. I think it'll be an important part of this podcast down the road, checking in back with them and um, bringing these types of resources and letting people know where to get them and um, it's truly an honor uh, to have met James and now Matthew, and I'm excited um, that they agreed for, for us to sort of come in with a, a sponsorship, would you call it? Um, and I, I didn't get a chance to thank James again for, for all he did with Jens and Mike. They raised uh, a lot of money for puck support um, through the shot you don't want to take um, seminar, and I'll have the link to that as well. Uh, we're going to get that up on the website because it's uh, an incredible tool uh, for people to learn from and, and primarily athletic therapists, but it's for coaches and players and really just everybody that's involved in sports because these are the things that people don't really think about. And what I've noticed, they don't really want to talk about it because it's uncomfortable. It's it's not fun to talk about our vulnerabilities and to realize where our weaknesses are. It's one thing if we go to lift a, like they talk about a bench press and it's like, oh, I'm not strong enough to lift that. Well, you know, it, maybe it's embarrassing because the guy next to you looks stronger and there might be a pretty girl watching or something, but it's a whole other issue when you feel it in here and you feel alone, like you're just not good enough or you don't understand or you don't know where to go. Um, and so much so to the point where some people take their own lives. Um, people turn to drugs and alcohol, much like myself. And essentially that is taking your own life because I'll tell you what, I wasn't living. I wasn't living. And I'm very grateful that that's not the case today. 
I forgot to ask Matthew if he knows Tyler Rosalind. I went to school with him. He's the best soccer player I ever knew. I don't know how good he was. I know he played pro, but I'll have to connect with him. After the fact, shout out to Tyler Rosalind from Porco Quitlam. I have no idea if he's still playing. I thought of it after the fact, and I have it written here, so I had to bring it up. Anyways, please, guys, check out First Star Therapy at First Star Therapy at Mindframe Fit on social media. If you want to follow my journey on Instagram at Hockey to Hell Podcast at Mental Health Hockey, I have so many social medias. Soon turning them over to somebody else that's going to run them for me, maybe not my personal one. Um, maybe the most important one at Puck Support. You can go to pucksupport.com uh, to check out everything we're doing. There's still a lot that needs to go on there. I'm not going to lie. Kind of working backwards. And the reason why we're doing that and the reason why I decided to move forward kind of ahead of, you know, typically you would when you're starting something like this is because of the amount of people that were reaching out to me and the amount of stories that I was uncovering of those we've lost, those who are struggling, and I felt the time would never be perfect. I'm the, like, if I waited for everything to be perfect, I'd still be in my addiction, I'm sure. And, you know, we're going to get to where we need to go. I'm really excited to have Brian Smolinski coming on the podcast on Sunday, works for the NHL, NHLPA. And, you know, moving forward, you know, we have a lot of important meetings um, coming up and right now it's uh, pretty much up to me. And, you know, I'm not perfect. I'm very immature at times. I still make a lot of mistakes. And yeah, but I, you know, I look back on this journey over the past year and, you know, I've grown a lot. And, you know, what's most, what makes me feel great the most is when, you know, I've spent some time talking to certain individuals and I never out these people on my podcast, the people that reach out to me because it's, you know, it's confidential. But there's quite a few people that have been along with me for the ride and people that I talk to and they're doing a few of them are doing extremely well, too. And we still have our ups and downs, uh, just like anybody. But it feels pretty good to know that I've had some sort of impact um, even sometimes a small impact. My goal was at the beginning was to, to, to help one person. And I can confidently say that I've done that, but that doesn't feel good because I know how many people still need help. I know how much I still need help. And I'm grateful for all the people like James and Matthew who are out there doing things to make the world better. Uh, I'm grateful for Sandra who stepped up and, and helped immensely with puck support and Susan, um, a number of people that are that are involved, Nathan. And I'm really excited because we're finally going to be able to have a structure in place with the board of directors, um, get that charitable license and really start making a difference, you know, where I can take a step back and, you know, focus on the things I'm good at, you know, not not being a, a chief, I'm more of a soldier, I'm a grunt. Let me let me get in the trenches, let me help people, let me do what I'm good at. And uh, it'll feel really good when I can take a back seat and start learning from those that, you know, have more knowledge and more experience that can take puck support and, you know, take it to the next level. I don't know when that will be. I'll keep working as many hours a day as I need to, uh, to get it where it needs to be. And I'm not so sure we'll ever be able to to conquer all the goals we have because I never ever want to see headlines ever again. Uh, before I go, I want to give a very special shout out to Kelly Ewan, Todd Ewan's wife. I was talking to her this morning. Uh, rest in peace, Todd. He's uh, 
a big part of what we're doing and what Kelly's doing behind the scenes is simply amazing for the hockey community um, surrounding concussions and, and mental illness. He's one of many on the list and I'm very grateful for Kelly's friendship and her support. And um, sometimes she kicks me in the butt um, telling me to smarten up with different things I'm doing. And, and those are the people I need in my life. I don't need people to be like, yeah, it's okay. Do whatever you want, Brady. Here you go. Yeah, no, you want to take a day off. You want, no, no, no. I need people to be like, get off your butt and let's go and smarten up. And, and she's been one of those people. So I'm so grateful um, for all that she's doing. And, and she states it like this, you know, she goes, my husband was a fighter and he'd be fighting for me if it was the other way around right now. And uh, there's no doubt in my mind, not a single doubt in my mind. Also, before we go, we are auctioning off this book right now on Facebook and all the money is going to our mental health and addiction fund. It's signed by Joey Kosher and the one and only Bob Probert, donated by the Probert family. Thank you to Danny and all the kids. I think we're over 200 bucks on this book and somebody already offered me 500 for it. it says he's going to keep bidding it up. Um, I also have my own copy, which I, I give a lot of stuff away. We're going to be auctioning off the Doug Gilmore jersey that Doug gave me. But that one up there, sorry guys, that's the one thing I'm going to keep uh, is the sign book. But we do have this one that we're going to be auctioning off. It's uh, the auctions live on the Puck Support group page, not the business page, the group page. Uh, there's an event and it's uh, it's pretty amazing the connections I've made. I'm, I'm really grateful for, for Danny and the kids. They did an unboxing last night of some puck support swag that we sent them. But I ran into the same problem that I've been having for like a month is that I sent Danny one of the red uh, lace-up hoodies, which I only have. I have one and now she has one. And I put Proby's signature on that one for her. And people saw that and they're like, when's that going to be available? I'm like, eh, probably never. Um, you know, we'll talk to them and, and see what they say. But that was more or less special for them uh, because Danny told me she doesn't have too many things signed by Bob. She's like, why would I ask him for his autograph? He was my husband. So I put it right there uh, on her heart. And uh, they did the unboxing last night. So thank you to the Proberts for all their support. Make sure you check out um, the Probert Ride at Probert Ride on Instagram. And if you missed that episode, I get to ride Bob Probert's Harley in the Bob Probert Memorial Ride, as promised by Danny Probert. I just need to get my motorcycle license for a year. So that's really, really exciting. Um, I'll keep you guys all up to date with everything that's going on, as I always do. And I'm very, very grateful for everyone's support. And I'm just lucky to be alive. I, there's no two ways about it. I really shouldn't be here. And, you know, people wonder all the time. They, You know, I know I have haters out there. They're like, when's Brady going to relapse? When's he going to go back? And Kelly Ewan told me today, she goes, I know you're not going to let Todd down. I know you're not going to let Todd down or, or all these people down. I said, yeah, you're right. I won't. And, you know, if I was doing it for myself or by myself, there's not a chance that I don't relapse. But the fact of the matter is I've been able to get out of myself, stop wallowing in my own self-pity, but also at the same time be able to look at my faults and the things that I need to work on, which I still have a long ways to go. But being able to get out of myself and realizing that, you know what, maybe I don't have it so bad. Sure, we all have issues, but there's always a way out of hell if you look for it. So if you need support, you can reach out to me, Brady at PuckSupport.com. I'm, I'm not a professional. 
I have a, I have professional experience in addiction and some mental illness, um, my own personal experience, but by no means am I a professional, which I hope that'll change. I am going to go back to school. I just don't know when. However, we do have Sandra, Sandra at PuckSupport.com. She's available all the time, and we're very grateful for her. And, uh, you know, she's been going through a lot. I'm praying for her a lot. She's had COVID. She's had pneumonia. And uh, she's still she's still battling out there for us. And I can't wait for the borders to open and everything for all this to go away so we can get together and do some events, bring people together, and change the world. Anyways, guys, that's it. Sunday night, 8 p.m. with Brian Smolinski. Played over a thousand games in the NHL, played for Team USA, and uh, is a great guy. I've been talking to him the last week. Also, I have a, a phone call set up on Tuesday with Kelly Rudy, so wish me luck. Anyways, guys, remember, be kind, be grateful, and have a great day if you so choose.